Detroit Future City is a model by which the city could be reimagined where and how to concentrate resources and investment to make the city livable and attractive for new residents as well as those who have been here for a long time. But that also means that there are pockets and places in Detroit that would receive less attention. And that's a problem the city is already combating with vacant buildings and neighborhood blocks. What becomes of the many vacant sites, especially industrial sites, take up a lot of room and create a lot of blight in some areas. Detroit Future City is focusing this week up here at the Mackinac Policy Conference on the future of those industrial sites. And joining me to talk about that is Anika Goss-Foster. She is the executive director of Detroit Future City. Anika, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen. Yeah. Thank you for having it's me. It's good to see you. It's good to see you up here on Mackinac. Yeah. What, uh, quickly, what's your what's your take on Mackinac? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Do you just tolerate it? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I do. I, I, I'm probably one of those people that have the love-hate relationship. Yeah, it's yeah. so far, and it's such a long walk to the grand. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, it, it probably it, I agree. It is the one time of the year that you actually engage business leaders, elected officials, civic leaders in a way that you wouldn't back in the yeah. city. Yeah, that's 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 absolutely yeah. authentic. That there is a different tone and dynamic to the things we talk yeah. about up here than there is back down in in Detroit, and and hopefully that leads us to better solutions. I think that's where people who don't come, I think, have frustrations is whatever comes of all of that. But right. we can always point to a couple things that we get done. Um, let, let's talk about this uh, this focus on industrial sites. It's, it's something that if you live in the city and drive around, there's no question. I mean, you can see how many of these sites we have. You can see how blighted they are. It's not something I feel like we talk about a whole lot, though. We don't. And it is a different challenge than, for instance, the number of vacant houses that right. we have. You can't just knock all this stuff down and do something else. There are other requirements and issues that have to be faced with this thing. Yeah, so Stephen, one of the reasons that we decided to focus on uh, vacant industrial uh, in, as, as part of a series of special reports um, is that we want people to understand and be able to focus on how we stabilize neighborhoods before we can get to the 50-year framework, yeah, right? It right. all comes back to what is the long-term vision for Detroit? Well, if we can't really address what's happening in the neighborhoods at a very specific accurate level uh -huh. uh, based on on data and understanding what's really happening in real time then we won't be able to plan for the future and so obsolete industrial sites are a part of every neighborhood in detroit there are 900 sites 900 900 wow Wow. I think it's actually the, the the actual number is like 891. Yeah, right. <laughs> so might as well be 900. Right, right. So and and two thirds of those sites are less than a hundred thousand square feet. Yes. So they're not giant. They're I mean, not giant. And if you think of the things that we had here in in Detroit in large number in the in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s, you know, tool and die. That's makers, right. Auto suppliers, uh, garages, things like that. Watchmaker. I mean, the, you know, right. little vacuum cleaner factories little shops. We used to be a maker city. Of everything. You know, of right? everything. We made everything. Right. We made everything here. And so now 
all of those, not all of them, but many, many of those uh, sites are vacant. And so being able, the report really, it, it doesn't go into a full detail of where, you know, where are the sites, who owns them, mm -hmm. all of that, because we feel like that is another layer of yeah. data and information that we, we really want to be able to, to help people realize but the action strategy is much more important. Yes, right. Like, because we have to be able to, the capital stack to actually do something with these sites. So understanding which sites actually have, you know, need to be torn down and that area becomes brownfield. Right. Or whether they can actually uh, be rehabilitated and turn into something else, yeah. right? Yeah. And so how we do, do we have the, the right capital stack in order to do that, the right financial tools? Um, I mean, I think the answer is no, no. right? We're nowhere near uh, right. being in, in position to deal well, with Well, and things. we're not even really focusing on how we could be much more strategic. I think the city and DEGC and the state of Michigan have been very aggressive about trying to attract uh, a really diverse set of corporations to come back to the city, whether they're manufacturing um, or whether they're something else or some like a film industry or something like mm -hmm. that but it's not really strategic because they don't really have the data on what what uh, properties are even available right and and only a third of those obsolete sites are actually publicly owned right 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 so then you're only dealing with a fraction of what we could be dealing with in terms of available sites yeah you know I was gonna ask uh, one of the things that's been pretty effective so far, fits and starts sometimes, but, but really move the needle in terms of numbers, is for residential properties, the yeah. land bank, right? right? This idea of a sort of central authority that, that, um, that can fast track things like title clearance and sales and things like that to move blighted properties to productive use. We don't have something like that for these industrial sites. I don't know that there's anything that exists that would be like that for industrial sites. Well, I think what, right. Well, nothing that's certainly strategic or, and certainly not able to manage both the, pu the public and the, the at-risk private, right? Like uh -huh. there are probably some of those private are probably have delinquent taxes, probably certainly have um, code enforcement and blight issues where the city could be, you know, take the properties from them sure. if they had some place for them to really go. Right. And I know that that's still in transition, like how much of the, um, because the, the building authority actually uh, takes on commercial properties as right. opposed to the land bank. Right. But, you know, really having an authority that would have that, um, you know all of the brownfield tax credit uh, and bonding authority that that we actually need to do something with these properties. Sure, sure. I think that's the real challenge, and we haven't really there, that. You're right; that doesn't exist we haven't just really yet. Talked about that. Mm -mm. Uh, this is Detroit today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. As always, thanks for tuning in. Uh, my guest is Anika Goss Foster. She is the executive director of Detroit Future City. We are at the Mackinac Policy Conference on Mackinac Island talking about industrial sites, vacant industrial sites in the, in the city of Detroit, uh, almost 900 of them, uh, blighting neighborhoods, many of them. What are we supposed to do about that? Think of all of the effort that we've put into rehabilitating 
the blight that's caused by vacant houses. We haven't even really begun to look at the blight that needs to be alleviated from these industrial sites. If you want to join the conversation, go to Facebook, the WDET Facebook page. Put your comments there. Go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. Try to work your comments into the conversation. You can also follow along with the Mackinac Policy Conference on Twitter at hashtag MPC17. Um, uh, Anika, before I let you go, I want to ask what the, the, the sort of, what the steps look like uh, from here to get us to a place where we have an understanding of what the problem is and then a strategy for dealing with it. Well, I, I think that it's, it's going to take a public and private effort at, I think, the local and state level to really be able to focus on uh, a strategic approach to uh, vacant industrial sites. I think they need to be mapped so that we understand where these properties are and what the scale of uh, remediation is for each of the sites. And then I think we really need some legislative action to, and whether it's, I mean, we can start with the brownfield credits, but there are some really interesting models in Pennsylvania and in Ohio yeah. that where we can really focus on financial tools that, that can help us at, incentivize these sites, remediating these sites, sure. as well as um, advancing the redevelopment of the yeah. sites much faster. Yeah and really embracing national and international models for brownfields. There, in Europe, Other people have dealt with Europe this, Europe right? is way ahead of us on this. You know, theaters, entertainment complexes, art colonies are all former industrial sites. Yeah. I think maybe we only have, you know, two or three that we know of here in Detroit. Yeah. So I think there's a lot that couldn't be done. There's a whole action strategy. And I know that there are a lot of people that are working that want to be able to do, you know, do more around this, and I'm, I'm really excited about that. Yeah. And so we just hope at DFC that this report can can actually be a baseline for everybody. Yeah. If you can start right here, because let me tell you, Stephen, it all goes back to what I when we talked last year sure. and what I continue to talk about. We have to be able to be very strategic and very aggressive about these sites at, because they are in neighborhoods. Right, right. And they People are in neighborhoods, and they are not yeah. living in the stable high-income neighborhoods that's not where these sites are these sites are where the poorest african-american and latinos live all throughout detroit and so and so imagine the environmental hazards these are neighborhoods right right imagine your kids walking to school every day generations these kinds of of places just like they walk past abandoned houses that's right yeah that's the same issue so it, it it's incumbent upon us to be much more proactive about what we can do about this. Yeah. Okay, as always, Anika Goss-Foster, Executive Director of Detroit Future City, thank you for being with us on Detroit Today. Thank you for Have having me. Have a great Mackinac. Okay, you too. <laughs> All right, I'll talk. Thanks, okay. <laughs> All right, up next, a conversation with Lieutenant Governor Brian Calley, who says he will lead an effort to make Michigan's legislature part-time. Stay with us on Detroit Today.